Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. All fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast, live on YouTube this evening for episode 218. It is time once again for the Midweek Mailbag Show. We're going to be answering your submitted questions, going over your takes, and of course, talking about all the latest news regarding the 6-1 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish, and we are not alone this evening for the second consecutive podcast, if if my memory serves right here. I've taken a lot of blows to the head this week, but um, Mr. Bucks Nation is here as well. Our good buddy James Hill. How you doing, my friend? How we doing, boys? Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, man. Middle of the, middle of the week. Uh, thanks for having me on again. Greatly appreciated. And uh, yeah, ready to continue talking about some Buccaneers football, man. I'm more concerned about who's been hitting Rhett in the head. <laughs> like, you know, is it like, is it like you like wake up and maybe you like, you have like a high bed or whatever and you wake up and like you hit the ceiling every time you wake up. Or, I, I plead like, the, the fifth. Deal? I plead the fifth. It's taken a All lot right. out of me mentally, right. physically, emotionally. It's just taken a lot out of me, but there, you know? there's, there's a, there's a mystery character that All is right. just beating I mean, Rhett up every it... day. <laughs> what, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Maybe it's maybe it's do? like a group of guys. Maybe it's, you know, just these guys maybe. break into my house and steal my things. Um, so we actually do have some good things to talk about this week, which is very nice because, you know, one of the things, one of the common themes throughout the 2021 campaign for the Bucks has just been injuries, man. It really feels like we cannot catch a break. This time a week ago, we were talking about Richard Sherman, who was not going to play due to injury, stepping up for an assistant coach who is not going to be available for the game, not so much because of injury, because of a positive COVID test, but, I mean, you're losing depth at all these positions, and it starts looking really scary. But some good news for a lot of fans today as some big names return to practice and should be cleared to go for this week's game against the New Orleans Saints. So first up on that list is tight end Rob Gronkowski, who has missed uh, quite a lot of games at this point. He was knocked out week three against the Rams and is set to make his comeback in Louisiana this Sunday. For Gronk, it was a multitude of problems. You know, the ribs, the the cracked ribs, the punctured lung. Just a pretty serious injury for a guy who is not only the age that he is, but the position that he plays. It's very physical. He's blocking every play. You know, so you kind of knew it was going to take him some time. But at this rate, people were asking. It seems like Gronk is, is really really going to be feeling good this week at least that's what you know the assumption is when you talk to a guy like Bruce Arians who's really hopeful that uh Gronk and everybody else on this list is going to be able to play it does seem like yeah a lot of them are are, are closer um 
he obviously said last week about Levante David that sort of had his fingers crossed for last week for Levante David. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. So I think Bruce is really hoping that he was going to be out there for this week and need all hands on deck. I think this is, uh, you know, you had the Rams game, but then I think this is the this is the next challenge here. You know, going into New Orleans. If this game was in Tampa, I think it's a different story. But going into New Orleans, you know, it's going to be a tough game. So this is a this is another challenge. I think you need to be as healthy as possible. Um, and having Rob Gronkowski back, uh, having Levante David back, potentially having Richard Sherman back. I'm not a hundred percent sold if Sherman's going to play or not. Yeah, just because it seemed like I don't know his injury was was later. Uh, it was it was week six. I know they, they had the ten day break, and then you know it's been a week. But I don't know. Like I, I still think he might be. Maybe he's a guy that returns after the bye week, week ten. Uh, but you know, we'll see. It's a positive sign he's practicing. I mean that that's for sure. Um, but just getting Levante David and Gronkowski back alone would be a big boost to both the defense and offense. So. Um, especially since we'll obviously we'll get to it, but you know, there could be somebody else on offense that couldn't be playing in this game possibly. So it'd be really nice to, to get Gronkowski back. Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to betonline.ag today to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. So Antonio Brown, uh, while we do have a list of a bunch of great players that return to practice, once again, Rob Gronkowski, Levante David, Richard Sherman back out there, Jamel Dean and Dee Delaney all out there in some capacity, which is good. Uh, Antonio Brown was spotted at practice with a crutch. Now, it's been confirmed that it didn't land him on IR because he's dealing with like, a, I guess, a modified ankle sprain. The way that Bruce described it is it's it's affecting more of his heel than like his ankle. So it's giving him a little bit of an issue. Doesn't seem very likely that he's going to play this week. We have seen this offense do pretty good things without Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown out there. Uh, but again, you know, just another piece of the puzzle that you're not going to have going into a pretty big game against New Orleans. But you know, James, what are your overall thoughts? The Bucks get a really big piece in Rob Gronkowski, and unfortunately, they're probably going to be without AB for a second week in a row. Yeah, you know, man, they just can't catch a break in terms of whenever they get one guy back, they lose or continuously have another guy out. Yeah. You know, it's just been this kind of rotating thing where it's like, okay, we got a starter back. Okay, then we lose another starter. Oh, but we got this guy back. Oh, but then we lose two more guys, you know, and it's just been a lot of give and take with these injuries right now and guys coming back and then new guys getting hurt. And this situation is no different. Um, you know, it seems like the situation was, I, I don't want to say like worse than what it originally thought it was going to be, but, you know, I, I think there was at least, you know, in some people's minds, an idea of, oh, after Antonio Brown sits this Chicago Bears game, he'll be back, no problem, you know? And that's obviously not the case now. It seems like that he's, no, it's going to take him a little bit more time to get healthier. Um, due to this ankle sprain. And you take a look at that position group, Scott, uh, Scotty Miller's still on the IR. He did get some very light work in uh, today, but still they're down to very productive wide receivers. It's going to be up to, you know, the guys who have been stepping up, guys like Tyler Johnson, Jalen Darden. We saw a little bit more of him in the Bears game. Um, he might be getting a lot more playing time now. Cyril Grayson got elevated from the practice squad. Maybe they'll do the same thing with Jadon Mickens. Um and then uh, the obvious one, expect a lot more targets 
to continue for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, because Mm -hmm. whenever Antonio Brown wasn't in there, the game plan was, okay, let's throw to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans double digit times each. And that works, (laughs) you know, uh, (laughs) depending on who you play. So uh, we'll see what happens there, but it is unfortunate. Hopefully Antonio Brown can get healthy soon in the case of getting Rob Gronkowski back. That's great. You know, that's absolutely awesome. I think that his presence was certainly missed, uh, you know, just as having a big receiving tight end. Sure, O.J. Howard and Cam Bray, I feel, did a good job filling in for replacing um, Rob Gronkowski. I think Kevin Minter also did a very good job filling in for Levante David. But, you know, we've talked about this before. You can't 100% replicate what both those guys give you. So it's going to be huge boosts to both the offense and the defense in what is, especially like what Evan said, probably the toughest game that this team has played since the uh, Rams game. Yeah. I think one of the uh, one of the biggest pros of having a guy like Levante back is, you know, we've talked about it a few times this season, but tackling, it it seems like the defense as a whole just tackles a lot better when 54 is on the field. And when you, you know, you're facing a slippery running back like Alvin Kamara this week, the saints just traded for Mark Ingram. So they got him back. Is he going to be, he's going to play this Sunday. I I think he's he can as long as he passes out all the, all the COVID stuff. I I think, I, I believe he, I don't think there's an issue. I mean, so I would expect I, it's the same offense. There, but... It's not like he's got to learn a new offense or anything. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. Um, so he's, he's very familiar with it with that running back tandem. You're definitely going to want to make sure your tackling is on point. I think with 54 out there, things are going to, uh, to get cleaned up at least a little bit. So some good news on the injury refront for some yeah, of the real guys. real quick. I did want to say, uh, just to sort of get ahead of it. Um, Antonio Brown, the reason he doesn't seem to be going on IR is, IR isn't three weeks, it's three games. So if the Bucks were putting Antonio Brown on IR at this point, that means they believe he would be out for New Orleans, he would be out for Washington, and he would be out for week 11 versus the Giants. And you've got the bye week between all those. Yes. Yeah. So like that, like the bye week doesn't matter in this case because it's not weeks, it's games. So that would mean that you're losing Antonio Brown for actually four weeks, but three games. And I think that the Bucks are a little bit more optimistic that, Brown could be able to go if not week 10 versus Washington, but probably week 11 versus the giants. Now he hasn't been ruled out yet. Right. But I mean, Wednesday practice, you're not practicing, whatever, but you're not practicing. You have a crutch with you. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's not, that's not very encouraging. So he hasn't been ruled out. Right. But it's just, I would say a 95% chance he's not going to play, maybe even higher. So, yeah. has been completely ruled out yet. He hasn't, like, nobody's been officially ruled out in the Bucks side, but I would be completely shocked to see I'd him take around that field. I'd say at the very least, you put him as doubtful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, I, I think they'll, they'll rule him out on Friday, probably. Yeah. They, 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 they don't, they don't have to make a determination until uh, Friday for some guys. So they don't have to make a complete determination, but I would expect them to be ruled out here. And as, as far as AB goes and the pace that he was on for the 2021 season before the Eagles game, he had already missed some time compared to, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but he definitely found a way to match their production. And that was one of the things we talked about like two weeks ago was the possibility of the Bucks at the end of the year having 3,000-yard receivers. Now, if he is going to go and miss his second straight game, of course, the bye week after that, but if he misses action after that, then that might turn that hope into a little bit more of a pipe dream. But, of course, you hope for A.B. to get healthy as soon as possible. Now, as we look at some of those other guys who have stepped up, this is going to bring us to our first mailbag question, and we already kind of brought him up, but I like talking about this guy. I know you're a big fan, Evan. Tyler Johnson is our topic here. 
Braden Long says, how do you think Tyler Johnson has filled in so far when we've seen him this season? Because I think it's safe to say that, you know, compared to 2020 and this season, he's probably had a little bit of a bigger role, right? You've seen him a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I know he had that breakout game against the Bears mm -hmm. in 2020. He had that really clutch catch in the playoffs that everybody remembers, but it seems like there's a little more responsibility on his shoulders now when he's out there. Um, so what do you think so far from what we've seen from him in 2021? At this point, honestly, I think the more we see from him, the better. I'd, I'd love to see a lot more from this guy. Just more targets going his way so he can actually show why the Bucks drafted him. Yeah, um, especially because I think we talked about last week's mailbag episode um, with Chris Godwin being a free agent uh, this in this coming offseason. A lot of people look to Tyler Johnson to be, you know, if Godwin can't go back, a lot of people are looking at Tyler Johnson as potentially that guy to replace him. So you'd like to see as much of him as possible. And, and what you've seen has been limited, but I mean, that's to be expected on a, on a team that has three number one wide receivers. Um, what you've seen has been limited, but at the same time, what you've seen in limited capacity has been encouraging. Uh, it seemed like he's been showing some quickness, which he didn't really show last year. Um, yeah, I, you know, he took, uh, I believe it wasn't necessarily a screen, but it was a kind of like a pass out to the flat uh, on Sunday that he took for a first down. Um, he almost went to the house in LA. Uh, just, just, I mean, that, that tackle was just, just by the shoelaces. Um, he also hit another deep shot versus LA. So yeah, what you've seen from him has been super encouraging. And obviously you, you mentioned the, the big play in new Orleans last year. Um, I, I don't know if the Bucks win that game without that play. You know, that's that's a third and 11. The Bucks, I believe the game is tied at that point, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a, a third point it's, for sure. Yeah, it, it's a third and 11 and the Bucks aren't even at Saints midfield. So you would have had to punt. It would have been favorable field position for the Saints and who knows what would have happened. So you could argue that if he drops that ball, the Bucks don't lose, don't win that game. I mean, you could seriously make that argument. So um, I'm not saying he single-handedly won the game for him, but that's one of the things I don't think is talked about enough about his catch. So, yeah, he's uh, – I liked what I've seen so far. Obviously, if you guys follow the show, you know how big of a, a Tyler Johnson fan I am, uh, even you know, like when they drafted him. And uh, it was nice to see him have some success in his rookie year. And with Antonio Brown out, he's going to have to step up a little bit more. Luckily, he didn't have to do too much against Chicago because the game was – Kind of in <laughs> hand for, you know, for the most part. And it was kind of the Mike Evans show anyway. But, yeah, I'd say uh, they did a pretty good job with that one. Yeah, the, there will be games, though, and possibly this Sunday. There will be games where Tyler Johnson will have to play well. And I think this Sunday could be could be a game that it's possible that, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, as much as we all hate to admit it, Marshawn Lattimore has done well against Mike Evans. Like, he, he has, right? Like, let's not – I think I, I went on a rant last year, right, about how people say that Mike Evans is Marshawn Lattimore's, you know, uh, dad and stuff like that. I'm like, stop, right? Because, it, truthfully, it hasn't been that way. Lattimore has gotten not the since, best. You know, Fitzmagic was here, and that was, that was yeah. quite a while ago. Yeah, like, you know, it's it, it hasn't been that way. It, it just hasn't. So, that's where you're going to need Tyler Johnson to step up. You don't have Antonio Brown. Yes, you have Rob Gronkowski, but you're going to need Tyler Johnson and Chris Godwin to step up. If Mike Evans goes out and gets over 100 yards against Lattimore, great. Awesome. But I don't think you can necessarily count on that because, look, some guys have some guys' numbers. That just – that happens, you know? Like, like it just happens. So um, It's like back in the day, every time Walter Payton and the Bears would come to town – it I mean, was, Walter Payton did that to everybody. Yeah, but. he had everybody's number on the Bucks defense <laughs> yeah, for a that, number of years. 
that's like, I mean, everybody in the league, <laughs> you know, Barry Sanders, same thing, you know, it's not, not no different, but um, yeah, it's, you know, they're going to need Tyler Johnson to step up and hopefully he can. Yeah. James, what are your thoughts on uh, Tyler Johnson? I'm interested to James hear. Is, James is mute on Tyler Johnson, I guess. Um, Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting, right? I, I think whenever you look at what he's done, because Antonio Brown's missed a couple of games, like you said earlier, right. And, you know, minus the game against Chicago, he played 67% of the snaps in that game. He had two targets, two receptions, 16 yards. That's whatever. Again, a lot of those targets went to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But, you know, that Miami game, he had three receptions, 42 yards. Going back to the Rams, he had three receptions for 63 yards. Like, you know, you give Tyler Johnson these chances. He really can do some good stuff if you do pass him the football. So, oh, yeah. again, you know, much like what Evans saying, Marshawn Lattimore, he does. He just matches up well against Mike Evans. It is what it is. So that's going to put even more of an emphasis on, hey, you got to get Chris Godwin going. Hey, you've got to get Tyler Johnson going um, to, to kind of make up for where that potential lack of production may be, right? And I think Tyler Johnson is up to the task. I think he will be able to do that. Um, and overall, I'm confident in his abilities. I think he's developing a good chemistry and relationship with Tom Brady. And I think you can just kind of see that based on the very limited action that we've seen. Yeah, we'll talk about this in way more detail on our game preview show later this week. But one of the biggest matchups I'm looking at this week is, uh, you know, Rob Gronkowski. I think a lot of eyes are going to be on Big 87 because he takes up so much of your television screen. But I'm curious to see how he matches up with New Orleans and their linebackers. I mean, let's face it, this Saints defense pretty much single-handedly won them the game against Seattle the other night. I know it was Geno Smith and the Seahawks, but... You know, if it wasn't for two clutch sacks at the very end of the game, they might have had a chance to at least get into a you know, scoring position to try and make something happen. But yeah, I'm just curious to see because this Saints defense, while it's not the same exact Saints defense it was in 2020, I don't think they've seen this version of Rob Gronkowski. Like, I don't, I don't think they've seen healthy playing football for a year and a half Rob Gronkowski. And yes, he is coming off of injury. So that's going to be another uh, contingent in all of this. But, you know, that's that's what I'm going to be looking at, because if you can get the physicality of Rob Gronkowski and create some mismatches in the middle of the field, you know, Mike Evans might have his hands busy the entire day. Hopefully Tyler Johnson can sneak out and get some catches. Chris Godwin getting involved is always a good thing as well. But Rob Gronkowski is just such a wild card because I feel like he's either going to show up in the red zone, kind of show up as he does, or he's going to explode. Right. It's I think it's going to be one or the other. So I'm going to be watching 87 really, really closely this Sunday. Well, TB12, I was just about to say TB12 Goatman uh, says he's going to be watching 25. And he says, put 25 Gio Bernard in your fancy lineups. He's the uh, he's the only running back I have left. So I have he's 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 calling. Seriously? Yeah, he is. Who are your Uh, other running backs? Chubb got hurt. And um. Oh God, who was my other running back? Let me, let me double check. I'll, I'll rain check you. Give me a few minutes. All right. So, um, yeah, he, he says seven catch day with a touchdown. So I'm let's remember that. And let's see, uh, let's see, uh, if, if that holds, holds true as Willie Beeman is, uh, using James's hashtag, um, in the chat. <laughs> Willie, Willie, <laughs> Willie Beeman made a really good point. Our moderator holding it down. Of course, the other man from Philly, um, he made a really funny point in the chat earlier. He said, if Marshawn Lattimore played everybody like he plays Mike Evans, he'd be a Hall of Famer. 
Yeah. I mean, he's a good corner, but yeah, just it, you only really happens. hear just... about him when he plays Mike Evans. Um, yeah, but it would, you know, it would uh, definitely, you know, help, you know, with having Gronkowski out there. The thing that I'm going to say, though, is it is a shame for the Bucks because, like you said about, oh, uh, well, the Saints haven't seen this type of Gronkowski. And yes, you mentioned Rock Gronkowski is coming off an injury, so he might not be the exact same. Like, I think it's going to take him a week or two, honestly, to pick it all back up. Right. He was on such a roll, and it just, I just, I think it really got halted. He probably catches, if, if he never gets hit in the ribs, he probably catches a touchdown in, in New England versus the Patriots. And just, you know, it's, he was just on such a roll, I think. And he probably has a huge day against the Eagles. Um, it just, it sucks. And I think it's going to take him a little bit, but, you know, it's a shame for the Bucks because like they haven't had and they haven't had full strength against the Saints. We you know week one last year it was Tom Brady's first game ever as a Buck with no preseason, no training camp, basically. You know, Mike Evans, Chris Gow, Mike Evans was hurt, you know, uh Rock Gronkowski's first game in two years. Uh, you know, week nine. Antonio Brown's, you know, just signed. He doesn't really know a whole bunch. The game gets out of hand quick. The, the playoffs, Antonio Brown exits with an injury. It just, you know, they, they couldn't, they couldn't really catch the Saints. Like they, they caught some of these other teams this year, right? Um, full strength, like the Atlanta Falcons, the versus, you know, the week two game. Where, you know, it seemed like everybody was getting involved. That's the Bucks' offense. And now they're going to go into New Orleans and they're going to have Gronkowski. They're going to have a healthy Mike Evans and a healthy Chris Godwin, but they're going to have Gronkowski, uh, you know, coming off of an injury and they're not going to have Antonio Brown. So it, it's a shame that, that they couldn't really be full strength against, I still believe, a good New Orleans defense. Yeah. Really quickly, by the way, Gio Bernard, Josh okay. Jacobs, who has a bye week. Nah. Uh, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who was on the IR. IR. Yeah, yeah man. So uh, that's actually not a bad group of running backs. Didn't you have Nick Chubb? Yeah. Well, that's no, not, not a, in this league. Real... I'm sorry. This oh, okay, league, okay. it is Jacobs, Bernard, and Edwards that's... Hilaire. In my other league, I have got um I was just looking at it. I've got uh man, I've got you're Chubb. Like an old man. I know I'm bad. I've got Chubb and Swift in that league, so that's been great. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That that's that sounds like a lot of fun. The other league sounds like torture. <laughs> that's the CFP league that I've got Swift. Actually, believe it or not, in the CFP league with Swift and Chubb on my team, I'm four and three. And in my other one, which is a group chat league, I am five and two. Just won my third straight this week. So uh, there you go. Let's go, fellas. My luck is finally starting to change, huh? I I guess so. It's it's finally starting to turn around. <laughs> James, I wanted to get your thoughts uh, looking ahead to this game against New Orleans. Are there any matchups in particular you're looking at? Maybe anything that involves these injured guys we were talking about? You know, man. Besides, you know, the one matchup of, say, Levante David and Devin White versus, um, you know, Avin Camaro, that's obviously going to be a huge matchup, I think, right? And you can even throw the safeties into that mix. I'm going to be playing pretty close attention to the Saints wide receivers versus these Buccaneers cornerbacks, just because, man, Sean Payton, you know, I, I hate that man. I hate that man so <laughs> yeah, much. That guy sucks. He, he does. And you really summed it up well, James. Yeah. This this whole season, I've been talking to a lot of people and they all feel like Jameis has played very conservative, right? He's almost like playing scared, you know, Which things he has. along those lines. Right. But man, wouldn't it just be such a Sean Payton type thing for him to just 
just change up the game plan completely from what we've seen the entire year and just have him start attacking this very injured Buccaneers cornerback room. That's kind of a matchup I'm going to be paying attention to. I know they're already, you know, this far into the season. And I actually saw a stat today that only one quarterback in the NFL has a hundred plus completions standing in a clean pocket without an interception. And that is Jameis Winston. So take that statistic, however you like, because if there's one thing I've learned from defending that guy for five years, I I know how to cherry pick some stats, man. Um, He really has not struggled with the interceptions this season. He has had a couple of rough games. I think maybe you can chop it up to a new offense. I think he's definitely being coached to be a little more conservative than he was, but I truly don't know how much Sean Payton would trust him to stand back there and just let it rip. You know, like he probably, he probably has some plays drawn up. I, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'll say that. I feel like if if there was ever going to be a week, I think this is the week he's going to say, you know what? Go crazy. Yeah. Maybe he is. Exactly. Maybe he is. That that sounds exactly like a Sean Payton move, which is why we hate the guy because you can't predict anything he's going to do. So I mean, this dude, this dude brought, this dude brought Jameis Winston to throw a touchdown on a trick play in the playoffs. Like, yeah, he, I think they're going to go balls to the wall. And I think James is going to try to air it out. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But uh, we'll see what happens, actually. I want to get into our next mailbag question here, and this has to do with the corners. And maybe we can get a little bit of an injury update here. I'm not sure what information we have, but uh, we'll try and make something happen. So the Carter on Instagram asks this, will our corners be making an appearance anytime soon? I I think basically he's just asking for a good old-fashioned injury update because as we mentioned, some of the guys who showed up this week Carlton Davis still not out there. Sean Murphy bunting hasn't really been given, you know, a lot of positive updates lately. Um, I, I don't know, you know, certain players in the NFL cryptic social media posts or something to go <laughs> off of. I, I don't like reading too much into that because some players do it a lot more than others, but SMB hasn't been posting the greatest stuff on social media. You know, like he'll, he'll post pictures of all the guys at practice and it's, you know, a bunch of crying emojis and whatnot. Maybe he just wants to get out there but we really have not heard anything from him or regarding him and his status. Uh, Evan, what do you think? Like, like, do we have a clear timetable? Is it still one of those week by week things or is it, you know, we're not going to hear anything until we hear anything basically. Yeah. I, I think you're not going to hear anything until you hear anything. I think with those two. Um, So Jamel Dean practiced today. Richard Sherman practiced today. Dee Delaney did not practice, so that's obviously something to keep an eye on. Uh, Pierre Desir played well, uh, and if they have Richard Sherman back, you don't need Dee Delaney as much, but just something to keep an eye on. Um, it, it's tough. I, I still believe, uh, you know, I, I still believe that Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting will both return some point to this at some point this year, right? I I truly do believe that. Um, that's the expectation in that building. It, it is. Um, now, I mean, I I I wanted I wanted to, to look it up, right? So I I did want to look up. You said about Sean Murphy Bunting, so I just I looked up his Twitter. I mean, it's just you know, one day ago it says in due time. Uh, four days ago, God love the grind. Good dub, but man, I miss football on October 15th. Swear I'm coming back on level 1000 October 12th. So I, I don't know. I mean, if you're reading into that, maybe, you know, to me, it sounds like he could return, but uh, we'll see. I, I think that the first time, sorry, James, real quick. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm great at cutting you off. Um, that's, that's what I <laughs> that's love. His, to do. That's his sole purpose. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think after the bye week, you're, you'll probably, you know, 
Bruce will be asked for an up, you know, as a, an update on those guys uh, because we haven't heard much. You're right. So it sounds like Jamel Dean and Richard Sherman. It sounds like Jamel Dean will probably be fine. It sounds like Richard Sherman's close to a turn, but uh, about the other two guys, I'm not sure, but I do think you'll see them at some point and probably sooner rather than later. Yeah. So just from what I saw is per Peter report, by the way, our friends over there um, from what I had seen, uh, Richard Sherman was warming up today. He did practice a little bit in a very light yeah. form, right? Uh, Jamel Dean, Bruce Arian said he was good to go. D. Delaney has vowed. He said, I'm going to play versus the Saints. Whether or not that will happen, we'll have to wait and see with that. But then also, Sean Murphy Bunting did run at practice mm. today. Oh, okay. All right. So that's something. Yeah, right? but he, didn't, yeah, he, had a, he had a brace. He had a, a heavy brace on his arm, but he was running out there. Right. So that's kind of that's all the info. Sean Murphy Bunting ran today. Right. I mean, <laughs> you we, know? we haven't gotten that many details, but I also want to believe that if he's out there with the team actively every day, um, you know, at least trying to participate in some capacity, even if it's just running, it's better than anything that we have heard, you know, out of his uh his entry news these past couple of weeks so definitely something to monitor but hopefully something that we get some more answers on over the next coming weeks here um this next question comes from timothy gailindo if i mispronounce that i do apologize but on instagram this is an interesting question it has to do with ronald jones who we just talked about got a little more action last week against chicago he got his carries a little over 60 yards which was good to see um, you know, that one-two punch of a running back room, when it works the way that it did against Chicago, that's exactly why you have it, right? I think 160-plus yards on the ground for the Buccaneers in that game. So pretty solid performance and glad to have him playing with a little more confidence than he was. But Timothy asks us this. Do you think the Bucs were giving Rojo carries to try and make him look valuable to other teams in a trade, or was he just getting in work against a lesser team? I don't really know if it was either of those, to be honest. Um I think referencing back to the last mailbag show this time a week ago, we were talking about, are the Bucks going to do anything before the trade deadline? And the conclusion that we came to was probably not. So I think that's going to rule out the first question that you had. Um, you know, I, I don't think the Bucks are going to do anything with any of their players at this time of the season with the mindset of maybe this will make him look good on film for other teams who want him. Because if anything, you know, you kind of want to, you want to keep them. You don't want to shorthand yourself on depth. We, we've had this conversation before. And I mean, if it gets more teams interested in him because he's playing well, they just want to win games. Like it's not about him playing well to look better in a trade, um, getting in work against a lesser team. I mean, their run defense in Chicago is really bad. So that's probably why he was able to shine a little bit more this week. But uh, long story short, Timothy, I, I really don't think it's either of those. I think it's just Ronald Jones being used the way that they've wanted to use him this entire season. And, uh, you know, we saw that offense, the rushing attack work the way that it was designed to be run with Leonard Fournette carrying the load, Ronald Jones cleaning up behind him. But both of those guys found some success. And I, I don't think it was, you know, for for one reason or another. I think I think Rojo just had a good week and that's kind of what it was. So yeah, let me just say this, okay? If a team has has trade interest or whatever, however a team views Ronald Jones, their view on Ronald Jones is not going to change after one game against the Chicago Bears against the like, the, the last rushing carries. defense, the yeah, last like, rushing defense in the league. 
Are they? I thought I, those, I'm pretty uh, sure they are like dead last in run defense uh, in the NFL. Hmm. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, uh, he ran hard. I mean, J- Jones ran hard. It just, I mean, Bruce Arians basically laughed it off, right? When he was asked about Ronald Jones trade rumors. So, right. Yeah. yeah he's, they're, made they're not, they're not, he's made it clear. They're not trading anybody, but yeah, like I said, it, one game is not going to determine, it's not going to change the team's opinion on a player. If, if the Bucks wanted to trade for, I don't know if they want to trade for a cornerback and that cornerback, you know, if they want to trade the, the trade deadline is November 2nd, right? So that's coming up. That's Tuesday. That's six days. Um, you know, if, if they wanted to trade for a corner and this week, that corner gives up 12 catches for 120 yards, the two touchdowns. I don't really think their interest isn't really going to go down much in that right. corner. Like they've already made their determination. They've made their evaluation of him. Like that, that's not going to change much. So no, I don't really think the bucks had that purpose. I just think they wanted to get Jones some touches and they want to get him going. Like they don't want him sitting on the bench. They, they like Jones. They, they don't love him, but they, they like him. And I think they like Leonard Fournette more, but they still like Ronald Jones. So they want to get him touches. I mean, it's the same game that Keyshawn Vaughn got touches. So like, they just wanted to keep their guys as fresh as possible. You don't want to run. If Leonard Fournette's going to play like this all season, you don't want to run him into the ground. And then in the playoffs, he's nothing, right? Like he's worth nothing. So you want to keep your backs as fresh as possible. And I think a lot of the, the reason you saw Ron Jones in there was because you're trying to keep him fresh and credit to Jones. He played well. The Bears yeah, are I, uh, second to last in the NFL okay. for rushing defense. Last's got to be Philly, right? 49ers. 49ers, okay. Well, where's yeah. Philly at? Oh, I couldn't tell you. It's the 49ers, the Bears, the Bengals. Hmm. Okay. Hold on, let me take a look. Maybe, you know what? I'm I'm, a, I'm an idiot. This list is in alphabetical order. It's not by rank. <laughs> Why would they do that? Why would they not show me the ranks? Oh, oh man, man. Oh, man. James, James, go ahead while, while yeah, Rick figures yeah, yeah. that let out. Yeah, let me... Let me rain check something else here. James, your thoughts. Yeah, I just think that, no, they're not going to trade Ronald Jones. It wasn't a showcase, you know. Uh, It was nothing like that. It was just a matter of, hey, we're going to rotate in our running backs. It's kind of a committee-type situation. Every other team in the league does stuff like that. They're not showcasing their guys to trade them. Um, So that's all that it is, man. Maybe Leonard Fournette was tired. You know, he's getting a lot of snaps out there. Maybe he just needed a breather. You get Ronald Jones out there, get him some snaps. It's how these things work, man. Uh, so, no, it wasn't in any way, shape, or form to try and boost up Ronald Jones' trade value. Um, it was just a matter of the game plan, how the flow of the game went, and just stuff like that. Yeah, with all due respect, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's just a case of somebody looking a little too far into it. Um, but it happens. Some people, you know, some people like the exciting news, like trade rumors and whatnot. So I understand the interest there, but... It's not going to happen, man. You are all good. So updated here from TeamRankings.com. There we go. The Chicago Bears are ranked number 23 in the league for rushing defense. The Philadelphia Eagles are ranked 29th. The LA Chargers are dead last, 32nd. Mm. Uh, and guess who's on top, boys? Still the books because teams don't run against them. So absolutely, it's just you know it's so like that's so annoying to me. And the, actually, honestly, is it annoying? Numbers... It helps us win football games. Well, I think. No, well, I mean, okay. I mean, not really when teams are like, that's not the reason. Like it's just, they've been better against the past. That, that's why you'll be as teams are like, it's an historic rate that teams are passing against the bucks. But the thing is 
their numbers have actually these teams have actually ran against the Bucks a little bit more in the past two weeks than than normal uh, than the first the first five. Oh, weeks. I mean, I the mean, bear the even though they lost thirty eight to three, the Bears had a hundred yard rusher. Yeah, I mean, like, dude, like the the first five weeks, teams were, I mean, not even attempting to run. Like they were not even trying to run the ball. Um, the past two weeks versus Philly and versus Chicago here, they've at least attempted it. So that's why, like, and the Bucks passing numbers, when you look at their past defense rank, it's gonna be super low, right? And not in a good way. And uh you know, that's also skewed as well. So I do think they have the best run defense in the league. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that number is skewed while also their pass defense number is skewed. Right, as well you, because if your total attempts are a hundred less than the next team, then obviously yeah. you're going to have a little bit of leeway. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, you're going to have, yeah. Like if a team is passing against the Bucks a hundred more times than they're passing against the 31st rank, I don't think the Bucks aren't 32 anymore. They were, but now I think they've, going up a little bit i think they're like 27 or so but you know if you have a hundred more attempts per you know like of like total of course there's going to be more yards given up and more touchdowns thrown like of course you know if you have a hundred less of course there's going to be less rushing yards of course there's going to be less rushing touchdowns teams just aren't doing it so we'll see i you know i mean camara was the saints leading receiver last week for seattle i think they're going to look to do that again this week so we'll see so uh, we have a, a pretty interesting question to close things out. And I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. James, I'm actually going to toss this one to you because I want to hear from you the most and then Evan, and then I'll, uh, I'll kind of put a bow on it at the end. But we always like to save our best slash weirdest slash uh, most polarizing questions for last. And maybe this is a discussion we're going to have a little bit more on the game preview show later this week. But here we go, man. Felipe Zuluaga. And if I also mispronounce that, I apologize. Uh, Felipe asks us this. Do you think that Jameis Winston has improved as a quarterback? We mentioned him a little bit earlier. Talked about how, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how the Saints bring him out this week if he's really going to set back and, and use that cannon that we know he has and they're just going to let him off the leash and, and let him, you know, high risk, high reward, do his thing. But I think he's also been coached to be a little more conservative. You know, this season we've seen both sides of him. I think for New Orleans, it's going to be important which one plays down the stretch, but, you know, fuck those guys. Um, James, I want to get your thoughts really quickly. To put it simply, with the sample size that we have seen and coming into this game, maybe some stuff you've researched, has Jameis Winston improved as a quarterback since his time in Tampa, even though he has been with New Orleans for, what, a year and a half? He's been their starter for a couple months at this point. Do, do you think he's gotten better? In the technical sense, you know, yes. In terms of numbers, it looks better on paper, right? Right. You know, a decent amount of touchdowns. Oh, he's not throwing interceptions. Oh, the Saints like, are winning games. Only three picks this year so far. Right. So among, no. you know, some of the some of the higher tier quarterbacks in the NFL, I think Tom Brady, Tom Brady's what got three or four on the year. He's got Tom Brady's got three, 21 okay. touchdowns and three interceptions. Gotcha. Whereas I think Jameis has 12 touchdowns and three interceptions, maybe like 13. Which for anyway, Jameis, 14, you know, 14 touchdowns, three picks. And, and when we're talking about a guy like Jameis, if you would have told me that over seven games, he's going to have 14 touchdowns and three picks, that's that's a pretty damn good track record for a lot of Bucks fans at the time. 
Right. So has he improved? Technically, yeah. In terms of the stats, whenever you look at him play, I mean, he's being smarter with the football. But man, he does not look like Jameis Winston out there. You know, right? You said it. He's playing a lot more conservative. Uh, they've definitely gone to great lengths to, man, almost force Jameis Winston to play an entirely different style of quarterback than he's ever played in his entire life. So I don't know if you can count it as pure, like, legitimate improvement if the guy's just, you know, checking it down and like doing. A, right. You know, when you look at the stat sheet, clearly his numbers are better. He's been on a better streak. But let's also talk about, uh, God, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, the game against the Packers, for example, right? That 38 to 3 thrashing where he threw, what, five or six touchdowns, but only had 180 something passing yards. I mean, it's like Tom Brady this week. Tom Brady had 211 yards before touchdowns. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was the exact same game, basically. That, that was the exact <laughs> pretty, same game. Pretty much. I mean, you're right. In uh, you're right in a lot of sense there. So, so what's interesting is, yeah, it's just been an, a really weird year so far for the Saints and Jameis Winston. Because I mean, they're winning games, but you know, it's it's been relying a lot on Alvin Kamara and the defense. I mean, it's it's really interesting to see how similarly similarly built the Saints are to the Panthers. Because if you see right now, the Panthers, they don't have Christian McCaffrey. Boom, just everything comes crashing down, right? And I feel like you would have a very similar situation if Alvin Kamara was out for the Saints, uh, just because that's been, he's been the main catalyst to that Saints offense. So really, like, if you really look at it, Jameis hasn't had to do a ton so far this year. He hasn't really had to be tested. He hasn't had to go out there and do a ton as a quarterback. So I'm going to say like, technically you're seeing improvement, but also on the same point there, it's really, there hasn't been a ton to watch there with James. Cause he hasn't had to do a ton. And uh, really quickly, before I toss it over to Evan, I just want to add on to that. Not that I'm necessarily defending this guy, but let's look at the facts. They've got no Michael Thomas. They're missing another yeah. wide receiver. So he has had to kind of improvise these last few weeks with some no name receivers, which you know, he's played with a couple of bad receivers in Tampa's day, so it's nothing he's not used to at this point. But again, I totally see your point, because if Alva Kamara is not out there, this is a guy who finished. He got offensive player of the week this week for the NFC because he had like 140 something yards receiving. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so he is without a doubt a safety outlet for that offense. And when you're already missing pieces in that wide receiver core, your number one wide receiver, even though he is slant boy. Um you know, you, you are missing pieces. They also just lost. Uh, what's that offensive lineman? Pete. Andres Pete. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a big loss for them coming into this week. And we'll talk about that on the game preview, too. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, I'm very curious to see how how it ends up down the stretch. And obviously, everybody's more curious to see how he plays against his former defense, because I hope we just kick his ass. Evan, your thoughts. Um, I'm going to take kind of the, the cop out answer here. I, I just don't know. I just don't know if you've seen enough to say whether he's improved or not. Like you just like the saints have even played less games than the bucks because the saints already had their bye week. Yes, so the saints did. have, the saints have only played six games. So they've even played one less game than the bucks. So, which also, I think also like has like division implications. I'm not sure. Even if the bucks lose, I think they still would be in first place because technically the bucks have six wins and the saints would only have five. So while the saints, while they'd have the same amount of losses, 
the Saints, the Bucks would have one more win than the Saints. Though. And so the I Panthers, think... the Panthers beat the Saints this year too. Yeah. So their yeah. division record would be the same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, you know, it's they also lost to the it, Giants, didn't they? Yeah, in overtime. Um. <laughs> so you know, it's uh. Well, so the Panthers. I mean, that's yeah, All right, the no, Giants that are so funny. Yeah, I know. That just makes me. Um. Laugh. So um. I mean, I just don't know. It's just it's so small of a sample size. He's protecting the ball better, but like you said, he's he's been just this so conservative player. I mean, statistically, guys, the Saints, you know what their rank is in, in passing offense? Not great. It's 31st. Yeah. They're the 31st passing offense in the NFL. 31. Yeah. The only one that's worse is the Chicago Bears. You know what the other teams that are up there? The it's the 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 bottom four: the Jets, the Texans, the Saints, and the Bears. Those are the offenses that they're in company with. So, like, it's just it feels like Peyton has really been saving Winston, and I think Peyton's saving Winston for this game. But because that's just the type of guy he is. But I I do think that. Um, like I said, that, that Green Bay game, yeah, that was very similar to the Chicago game this week for Tampa fans. Just the defense giving short fields, you know, red zone offense really dominating, um, you know, and then they lost to Carolina. They lost to New Orleans. I mean, they lost to um, New York. Um, and then, you know, they, they, they beat Seattle, but they only put up 10 points against the Seattle defense that is brutal. Um, the Seattle defense is, is not good. I understand though, that the, the elements, right. The weather and everything, but I mean, the Seattle defense is 31st in the NFL in defense. So, um, and they've I also understand. got Geno Smith on offense right now. Yeah. I, I, if Russell Wilson's in that game, the, the Seahawks probably win. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the Saints only put up 10 points against them. I mean, so sorry, 13, uh, but you know, they got the win and in the elements, it's just, it's tough. To, it's tough to give an answer. Technically the numbers will say he has improved, but if you watch the game, you know, I feel like the people that are like praising Jameis and all this stuff and like, like, uh, you know, big cat from Barstool and stuff like they're all like big Jameis guys. This isn't the Jameis that everybody fell in love with. Well, this, this is this isn't the polarizing Jameis who's making crazy plays. This isn't the same guy. Well, this isn't so, the same guy because he's also, I mean, although the Saints are in the position that they are, he's not necessarily playing losing football as much. No, yeah. Even though the Saints have a winning culture still, man. Right. Even though he went 30 for 30, he led the NFL in passing yards because most of those yards came in garbage time. Mm-hmm. So week in and week out, if Jameis Winston had a game where he finished with under like 335 yards, it kind of felt like a game that, you know, it just wasn't a great day for him. Like it, it yeah. really, it really wasn't because that was most of his production was his ability to just sling it downfield. And like you said, for a lot of Saints fans, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays down the stretch. But if this week is the week that Sean Payton just decides to let him loose, then I hope he does what he does best and, you know, goes out there and, and makes some of his famous turnovers for everybody. But I mean, it's, it's interesting, man. I mean, the Saints are 32nd in passing attempts in the league. Jameis is 29th just as an individual. Jacoby Brissett has more passing attempts than Jameis Winston this year. And <laughs> the, I mean, the man hasn't even been, you know, the man only started what, like 
three out of the six games this year. Right. All two was dealing with his injuries. So it's just, I mean, he hasn't, he just hasn't had to do anything, man. It's point blank simple as that. They've been relying on running the ball with Alvin Kamara whenever they do pass. It's, you know, short pass types of situations mm-hmm. um, and relying heavily on the defense. So I agree with what Evan said there, where it's like, man, James hasn't had to be in a situation yet where he's had to throw it 30 plus times in a game. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm, that's going to be interesting to see once he does get into that type of and situation. You, one last thing I'll say before we start to wrap things up here, when you have an Alvin Kamara on your offense, mm-hmm. you don't technically need to throw it 30 times a game. So, you know, again, if, if the box can go out there and, and contain the running back, and just get after Jameis. It'll be interesting to see what he does, especially if he's scrambling. We know he's a mobile guy in the pocket. I have said on this show, and I'll be honest with you, I probably still stand by this statement. I think he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL at escaping pressure in the pocket. Mm -hmm. His pocket awareness is ridiculously high. Like he has that one signature move where he'll go through his progressions, he'll plan his foot, and then he'll bust a little 360 spin, roll out wide, and he'll lose everybody. So I'm just curious to see what happens this week. Of course, this is everything else we're going to talk about on the game preview show, just giving you a little taste of this weekend's matchup. Um, But this will not be the last time we talk about our ex-quarterback this week because it is Saints week. It is Saints hate week, fellas. Yeah, if you want more more of Saints Bucks preview – just wait until Friday. We'll have a, yeah, we'll have a game preview for you guys. So if you want, we'll get more in depth there. I will say Saints offensive line was ridiculous against Seattle. I mean, you, you want to talk about Brady not getting touched. Jameis was not touched. I mean, he was not touched. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a challenge. But like I said, I, I hate to I hate to give that cop out answer to that question. No, but like don't. I he. He's in oh, kind of. I, I am a. I am, yeah, that's the type of guy I am. But um, you know and love me. Uh, but <laughs> the, heel, the heel of the program, folks. Yeah, exactly. I, somebody's got to do it. Okay, somebody has to do it. And James is just a spectator, but somebody's got to do it. Um, James, but is a James, spectator James, James, James knows it firsthand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a spectator till he's going through a table at our watch party here in a couple he's of weeks. Be, all the spectators are going to be laughing at him. We're just going to oh, leave him, man. Um, but yeah, it's he, like I said, he's improved, but like, this isn't the same player that was in Tampa. Like it's, it's pretty clear. And I, I think you might see a little bit of what was in Tampa this Sunday, but this isn't the same player. So yeah. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And of course we will keep you guys filled in on all the latest bucks news and updates on the game this Friday on the game preview show. Uh, Brady is Mahomes' daddy. One of the best usernames week in and week out here in the chat. He asked in the chat, what time are we going to be on Friday? Uh, it's going to be early in the morning, folks. Um, our our game previews, we usually record yeah, on Friday at like 8.05 a.m. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people say they keep missing them. So, yeah, 8, I know it's early, but uh, yeah, I know it is know, early. It, it'll but... be it, the, the, if you can't make it live, it should be available on the channel if, if you look. Yeah, yeah, it'll um, be there all day. Shortly, shortly thereafter. So if you wake up and miss it a little bit, whatever. But yeah, come come hang out with us. Sometimes we have good numbers at 8 a.m. Sometimes we don't. So um, yeah, it, it will be that. Yes, Brady's Mahomes daddy. It will be Eastern time. Uh, that's 8, 8, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yep, should be a good one. It's going to be early, so you can tell we'll be kind of tired. But uh, getting all the best info out to you guys as we do every week. With that being said, 
Ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much to everybody hanging out with us in the live chat. And of course, everybody who sent emails, questions, takes for this week's mailbag. We truly do appreciate you guys and your support. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already for, of course, plenty of great Buccaneer content between now and uh, I guess forever, right? Over the course of the season, the off season, we're always putting new stuff out. So make sure you go check it out. It is more than just the podcast. And hey, we'll definitely hey, get your the money's way, worth because it is free. By the way, this is uh this is the last football game. And then the next football game, the Bucks are still gonna be on the road. But there's something special happening with that. The next road game that oh, yeah. the Bucks play against the Washington football team. It's really wild to think about, guys, but we are literally less then two weeks away. Oh, 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 no, Sunday. We will be exactly two weeks away from the Cannon Fire Watch party. But just the fact that we're already within two weeks, like, you know, the week after next is going to sneak up on us and we're going to be starving for some Buccaneers football. You know, the bye week is going to go by. People are going to be they're going to be angry. They're going to be up in arms. They're going to show up at the watch party with their pitchforks and we're going to have plenty of beer and chicken wings for them. But Tony, if, if, the, if the if the Bucks win on Sunday, Tony's treating everybody. Yeah, so. I haven't seen our good buddy Tony Baloney in the chat tonight, but he did promise everybody that if the Bucks beat New Orleans and they are indeed seven and one headed into this matchup, he's buying everybody a beer. Uh, beer is, I would say, expensive at Barry House, but it's a it's a beer company. It's a brewery. hey, I'm saving Tony by having him buy me a soda. Yeah, so. there you go, there you go. He'll save a couple of bucks, but um, yeah, man, Tony Baloney, free beer if the Bucks are seven and one. Uh, so thank you, Tony. Glad to have you there. He can't really speak for himself in the chat right now, but that's all right. You know what? Let's go ahead and talk about Tony Baloney really quick. Just a little detour. I, I'm not going to drag him. He's our guy. Eh. But do you remember all that fun? Do you guys remember the reason he is Tony Baloney in the first place? Yeah. So okay. so yeah, you, you call it fun, but there was nothing fun about it. So he came in and he was spouting some some nonsense about how Mike Evans is overrated and the Bucks need to trade him and he drops the ball and you know, he's he's lazy. He doesn't always want to win. Just something just Mike Evans slander, which will never be tolerated on the show, because, by the way, Big 13 is only three touchdowns away from breaking the all time franchise touchdown record held by that man so, right there. So the you're, you're telling me that that he could break it right in front of Tony's eyes at the watch party. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be awesome if Mike Evans had a second straight three touchdown game and he breaks the record? I'm just he saying all he needs is like, let's say he gets like one in New Orleans and then he gets two in Washington. Like, you know, you love to possible. see it, man. You really do love to see it. But we call him Tony Baloney because he came in here with his Mike Evans slander. And then like less than a week later, him and his kid go to the Donovan Smith, uh, the cornhole tournament. and He's taking pictures with Mike Evans. And I just immediately was like, man, that's Tony Baloney right there. He, he sent, didn't he, he send you, a, he sent you a message. Yeah, he sent me he? a message. He's like, this is to, the, to prove to you that I'm a, that I'm a, a Mike Evans fan. And I was like, <laughs> oh, did you ask him not to drop the ball when you took the picture with him? <laughs> hey, Mike. Yeah. Can you not drop the ball? Can you get better yak, please? Basically. Yeah. Basically, Mike Evans slander will never be tolerated on this show. And that's why Tony is now Tony Baloney because, uh, you know, he had all the Mike Evans slander in the world until he was face to face with him. So that's the story of Tony Baloney. We love the guy. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for checking out the show this week. The watch party here in a couple of weeks is going to be at Berry House Beer Company. We are going to have Wing Box there, the best wing food truck in Tampa Bay. I don't know if you guys are going to another watch party that those guys are also going to be at, but I promise you we booked them first and uh, their food is going to taste better at our watch party. That's 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 what it boils down to. 
So hopefully you can make it. Should be a really good time, and uh, hopefully we'll see a Buccaneers I mean, W. Yeah. Well. What you know? What, what what better place to do it than a Barry House? You right. know, yeah. Barry House greater than sign anywhere. So. <laughs> You know, uh, Barry, Barry House, greater than sign anywhere. So so let's go ahead and uh, have you guys follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Bucks News as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. You can find James and his content right here on YouTube at Mr. Bucks Nation, where he puts out daily Buccaneers content. And I'm not messing around, guys. Daily uploads every single day from this guy. It's why he is the king of Buccaneers YouTube, the undisputed champion with 12 plus thousand subscribers. So make sure you guys go check out his channel and all the great content that he has. Sometimes you'll catch Evan and I over there as, as well. So, uh, you know, we like working together. It's one of those things, right? Oh, yeah, well, for sure. I guess. For the yeah, most part. For sure. <laughs> uh, and, until I get sent to a table, then I don't know how much fun it is. <laughs> hey, it'll be great content for you, though. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, I think it'll yeah. help your sub numbers a lot. Yeah. And Mr. Yeah. Bucks Nation gets launched through a table. Like, it's just, you know, gone imagine wrong. that tagline. No, not, not going wrong. Well, gone wrong for you, maybe. Not, not yeah, no, that's what else. I mean. Gone wrong for me. Tony's going to spill a beer on you. Oh, God. You're going to spill a spill beer on your unconscious body. Oh, jeez. It's going to be great. Uh, last but not least, you can find myself on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Thank you guys once again for checking out this week's mailbag edition of the Cannon Fire podcast brought to you by your guys over at betonline.ag. We'll talk to you Friday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on YouTube for our weekly game preview as we go over the week eight matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and those damn New Orleans Saints. Should be a good one. We will talk to you guys then. I'm your host, Rhett, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish, and our special guest, James Hill. We'll talk to you next time. And as always, go Bucks. Good morning, Libra. Let's begin your day. The moon in Sagittarius drives the It's Friday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.